All right, Chief Hunt, uh, podcast number two with your... Yep, number um, two. Last time we talked, last time I had you here, you had a lot of cool things to say. You told me about your story, uh, kind of some of your future goals with the department, how mm-hmm. you got to the city of Keene. So now I want to know, you know, we're, we're coming up on 2022. Yes. Let's have a fire um, we're coming up on 2022. I want to know exactly what's going to be uh, that the Keen Police Department is going to be looking at as far as growth, some of your goals. Uh, you told me you, you had a couple of analysis that you did. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to hear more about that. Yeah, we want to know too. Uh, so <laughs> that's the funny thing is, you know, uh, it's no news to anybody that we're going through another variant on COVID and uh-huh. uh, everyone's worried about that. And I mean, they're worried about it in the sense of I think they're tired of it, you know, and it, the, the police are humans too. The city is, is staffed by humans who are also just hoping that we can be back to normal, you know? And, uh, so what we do is we plan for what, uh, what we know, but you also plan for the unknown. Um, real quick. That, that's, the, I do wanna, that's the tough part. I do want to touch on that. How has it been just real quick on policing during every variant? <laughs> well, you do see some changes in behaviors, uh, when there's lockdowns and I don't think that Texas is going that route again. I can't see that happening, yeah. but I think there's just a, a fatigue on the, on a mental fatigue on folks trying to deal with that. How's it going to affect uh, the environment that, that we're working in? How's it going to affect folks' family dynamics, their budgets, their 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 income? Um, and so it's stress, I guess, is the best way to put it. It's stress on the community is stress on the police. And so there'll be yeah. more family disturbances and there'll be, uh, you know, self-medicating by folks sometimes where yeah. they're, they're going to abuse substances or drink and, and cause behavioral changes and and we have to be ready for that. We have to understand the stress that people are under. And so, you know, you treat everyone with dignity and respect and you hope that reflects back towards us. Um, I treat my folks with dignity and respect and, and, and hope that reflects out into the community with how they're treating others. And, uh, but, but it's mostly having the empathy for understanding that, that folks are under stress. I've seen, last time we talked, we talked a little bit about like community policing and how, yeah. uh, I, I love to see, I think a lot of people would love to see the police departments get more involved in their community. It seems like I've seen that. Mm-hmm. I've seen y'all up the ante quite a bit, uh, this past year, which is really cool. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so how, have you seen any type of change with what you've done for, since last time we spoke? I think that, uh, our outlook is to get out of our building get out of our police cars yeah. Uh, the most recent thing we did is we had some gift cards and a bunch of candy coincidentally left over from Starfest um, that we decided we'd just drive around and, and hand out candy and, and be uh, little Christmas elves. And I think it was the 23rd we got out. But as opposed to we had put out on Facebook, hey, come by and pick up extra candy if you need it. And then we just took that bucket and said, let's go hand it out. And that was mm-hmm. a great day for us. We, we talked That's to awesome. <laughs> A hundred kids, I bet you. In, so great in a response. Hours, and it was a great response. And, That's awesome. And just to see, you know, just to show folks that we're thinking about them and we're doing little stuff. It's it's little stuff, but yeah. but it does mean something that they see us come out. And we have officers that they're they're spending their own money to buy toys to give to kids when they go to calls. You know that that's the officer of the year whose name Matt Seal um, does that, and that just on his own he huh. did that. You know that that's that's a great reflection on what our department wants to be and, 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 and is trying to be in the community. That's amazing. All right. So yeah. tell, tell me about your little analysis you did there. Yeah. So, uh, a strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, threats analysis is a pretty standard business practice. And, uh, 
I have read a lot on that uh, because you always want to be looking ahead. You want to be understanding what your environment is. You want to be understanding how the environment is affecting your agency in my, in my case, and how is the agency then affecting the environment also. Um, so I do it kind of reverse. I do it as threats, opportunities, weaknesses, and strengths. And the threats and opportunities is just, uh, you know, they're just standard words. It's not mean we think we're under threat or that we have severe weaknesses or, or even severe strengths. Um, but, but to use the standard words, the threats and opportunities are outside external in the environment, what's happening in the city and the weaknesses and strengths are what, what, uh, facets does the department have that, that can address those concerns, needs, and opportunities to grow. How often do you do this? So I've done it. This is the first time I've done it since I've been here, uh, officially on the SWOT format. But when I've done things like budgeting is basically this budgeting is more about uh, resource allocation and understanding if budgeting is planning, you know, uh, budgeting is saying, what are we going to need in the next year? And of course you're doing your budgeting in March, trying to understand what you're going to need all the way to the following October, you know? And so that, that is, uh, it takes a lot of thought. It takes a lot of communication to get that done. We do it as a team in the city and that's uh, been a good approach. Um, But for the three-year plan, we have to look ahead at what's going to happen in Keene and we make the, uh, we operate on the, what's the maximum growth that we could see. So you're not, you're not just looking at, you're not just looking at the, year next you're looking at a three-year i am i am because uh what i've what i understand is you have to be ready for the growth and you have to be ahead of that growth it is not uh any um assurance to the public to say well yeah we just built these 400 houses in this neighborhood so hopefully by next year we'll have an officer that can patrol that neighborhood yeah you know you're looking to hire them in that year you're gonna one more Uh, officer maybe for that well so in the three-year plan there will be recommendations for adding people okay Uh, in march we're planning on adding a position um and that'll put us a little bit ahead and then as we get to october we might recommend one we might recommend two. get to the next october you might recommend none but you might need things like yeah. cars and resources yeah. and so uh but as you see the population grow i have stated in in meetings before that you know we have a good ratio right now we have two officers for every thousand people in town and there's about 6300 people in town according to the 21 census and we have 12 officers so we're just a little behind that yeah. but if you want two per thousand and i believe we do um then then yeah when you're going to add 71 percent more people and another three thousand people yeah. that's that's probably going to translate to requests yeah and of course that ratio is not a standard across america uh if you look at it just what is the demographic of the city and what is your of course retail is going to affect that if you have travel and tourism in the town it's going to affect that and so you look over at Alvarado, their, their ratio is going to be different. They're going to have a lower population, but a lot, they have the interstate going through there. Alvarado has a lower population? They, they do. Uh, well, I didn't look at their 21 census, but they used to, I wow. think, be around 5,500, and we were around 60. I'll bet they're just way more spread out. And it's, uh, yeah, and of course, they got the interstate and a lot of retail going yeah. through there. And it's just a different demographic. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Joshua's a different demographic. Cleburne's a little bit different de- yeah. demographic, and of course, a larger, uh, you know, size. So, yeah, I think that's why policing, it's important that it's controlled locally um, with oversight on, a, on an above local scale. Uh, because the local community says to us, this is what they need from us. Yeah. And then we respond to that to you know meet those service needs. 
and and wants. Yeah. So for 2022, uh, what's that look like? Well, of course, all right, I'll just I can just go down the the threats here. Let's and, do it. And what's what's the, what's threat number one you think on the list? For Keen? Yeah. Let me think about that one. Uh, cl- uh, vehicle collisions. Uh, that that's a that's a concern. But you know, and actually, it's funny because in COVID, driving got worse, right? Yeah. You think when the, when the traffic actually was way down, fatalities went way up. But I was thinking on a bigger scale of that is COVID in general is a threat to us. Mm. And for for example, in December of twenty and in March of twenty one, we got down to having about three to four healthy people that could answer calls oh wow so there were some officers for a while that were working five six straight days and they're working 12 hour shifts so they'd go off on off on i've done that that before man it's tough because they were the ones who weren't in a protocol yeah you know and myself included in december i was out for a week uh or 10 days you know with the protocol and so you've got to make sure that not only are 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 the uh resources in place to handle shortages like that but that people can do the job um in the stead of those who can't be there and that's that's a lot about mentorship and making sure that your chain of command you know if it's a sergeant that's healthy and i and the lieutenant are out then that sergeant is the chief for that week you know and uh uh, if you asked them how they felt about that they'd be like that's that's kind of a lot but uh, (laughs) um but it went it went okay it was it was stressful but what can we do in the future to make sure that we uh, continue to be able to meet those challenges if if a significant portion was to be sick at the same time? And and not even specifically, you know, uh, concerned about the sickness as much as they just can't be at work, you know. So for a lot of the time I was in protocol, I felt like I could have been at work, but I didn't want to come yeah. make it where everyone else was also getting sick for me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so then... Another threat to us, really, and again, the threat is a very generic term. We don't feel like we're under threat, but another concern, risk. concern or risk yeah. uh, is going to be, you know, how is the public perceiving our service and making sure that we're meeting their expectations and needs? Uh, you always want to be aware. And so what I say when you ask me, how often do I do this? I just did this, but we're actually constantly doing this also. We're yeah. monitoring how people are responding. Kind of a running ticker. If we're in the back getting of your a head. lot of complaints, we need to look internally at ourselves. Why are we getting complaints? And I've, knock on wood, been very fortunate to get very few. You know, uh, and I'll say that we are fully staffed at this moment, which is we haven't been for quite some time, um, and that's been very helpful. Yeah. You know, to see what the full impact of a full staff is, um, it's been very positive. That's awesome. So then, opportunities, of course, in in Keene right now is uh, growth. Uh, they are looking at, uh, like I said, uh, I think it's 960 houses that we know about that folks are wanting to start on. Uh, you know, you've got Bristol Oaks right yeah. there. That's going to be complete, I think in another six months, you know, uh, it, and building permits are coming in, uh, at a rapid rate. Yeah. And then you've got the developers coming in wanting to start much larger projects and, huh. uh, so if you're in, in three years, you could have another 3000 people in town. That is an opportunity and a concern, right? So the opportunity is we get to build something that they'll be proud to live in town and have help in uh, serving them, yeah. you know, and that's not just police, but the whole city mm. um, looking at that um, resources. Then 
increase, but you make sure that they increase proportionally to affect the whole community, not just the new neighborhoods. Yeah. Um, and so that's, that's actually exciting to be part of that kind of growth and be building something for the future. Um, you know, it's kind of like rebuilding a football team, you know, and, and not to say that, uh, the keen football team, i.e. the police department, uh, needed rebuilding, but you're, yeah. you're taking, maybe it was a, a, a smaller school that's becoming a larger school going to go up to, you know, uh, 5A category. Yeah, yeah <laughs> that kind of thing. It's, it's, and that's exciting to get to do is just to build that. Um, weaknesses you know we look internally how how is uh covid going to affect us as an outside threat how is growth going to affect us as an outside opportunity um are we going to be ready to meet the challenges of growth um so one thing we're doing and i've, I've been talking about since I've, I've come in and we are on the path to do is uh i've talked about this before i think with you though is too is uh the, the texas police chiefs association yeah. Uh, recognition program is basically a set of best practices uh, supported by the association of all the chiefs in the state. And it kind of gives, uh, I guess, credibility is a good word for why, 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 why do you have the processes that you do have? Did you just think about it in a small group and write a policy or did you, is this a standard that is being met by agencies across the state? Um, For instance, uh, the pursuit policy, we changed a little bit when I got here and uh, like what? Tell me know, about so that. Uh, it, it had already been changed to meet the standard pretty well. And that standard is that we normally will not pursue for anything more than uh, or less than a violent crime or a felony. So the days of chasing someone from here through Fort Worth to Oklahoma, you know, border, for a license plate light, those days are beyond and past. Mm. And, you know, that wasn't always that way in my career. Uh, there was right. expectations have changed. People don't want to see that much risk being imposed yeah. on the public um, over something like a license plate light. Yeah. You know, if they just shot someone, then we might chase them more and <laughs> farther. But uh, sorry about that. You're I'll good. put that on the floor. No, I, I literally, my, mine went off earlier. I had to yeah. put mine on the floor uh, too. <laughs> but, you know, I think nationwide the the expectations change on yeah. what the police need to be thinking about and doing another good example is de-escalation yeah we have been training on that That's and great. understanding that folks want to see that uh it's been a good thing for the police department to be part of that um, so the, the texas re- board thing right mm-hmm. that's all part of what you're talking about now. it is so these these 170 standards that this program espouses you meet each standard to get to become a recognized agency. Is that currently in force yeah. right now? So we are working on that. And right that'll now. be, oh, that's the goal for 2022. That's the goal, yes. So, gotcha. Uh, the biggest part of that is changing the policy manual to meet all the standards. Mm. And so we are going to touch, look at, and rewrite every single policy Ooh. in the Keene Police Department <laughs> Policies and Procedures Manual. And then we also are going to develop standard operating procedures for our core functions like patrol, investigations, nice. evidence, animal control, um, you know, those were writing almost from scratch, uh, but with these standards in mind as well. Mm. And by the time it's all said and done, then the reviewers come in and can read what your rules are. And then you also present evidence to them that you do follow those rules. Uh, so, and, and huh. it's just a very helpful process for the department to get, yeah. you know, uh, 
into a better place. It's that, it's that outside perspective saying, Hey, you know, yes. maybe you shouldn't do this or maybe you should do this. Yeah. It gives like that uh, accreditation, like right. a college. Yeah. It's like, like a college time. accreditation. Yes. Yeah. Sir. And, and, you know, I've been an officer uh, for 27 years almost, but I'm not going to be able to be on the scope that all the chiefs in Texas can be on what's uh, the best idea for how do we preserve evidence? You know, that kind of thing, you know, it's no one chief can be the expert on all of that. Yeah. And, and you look at the smart people in the room and say, okay, smart people in the room, how do we want to do this? Yeah. And how are we going to meet this standard? Um, and so thankfully it hasn't been uh, too much of a budgetary impact to be able to do that in Keene. We're going to build a fence pretty soon to kind of meet that standard and work, work on security. Um, training is a big part of it and we're going to, you know, need to get up to speed on that. So that's going to be a big project in 2022. And are you, I'm guessing you're the main head on this one. Well, right? actually I am advising the manager, which is Lieutenant Rodriguez. Okay. And, uh, I, I'm, I'm involved definitely. <laughs> um, and, and I'm, I'm happy to be involved. I have written some of the policies myself and edited many more and he will be doing that as well. That's awesome. And so we meet once every two weeks in a command staff and talk about this, uh, almost exclusively now, uh, to make sure we're, we're, staying on track. And I will say, you know, it was a goal of mine to be farther along than we are, but there was this, uh, really important event called Starfest that we spent two months on, um, which that went, I thought really well, that's what I, I was really happy with yeah. how that went. Um, so another challenge really, and, and maybe it's a threat, maybe it's a weakness, maybe it's, it becomes a strength is just understanding there's only so many people working on these things at yeah. once and, and prioritizing is going to be a big key as we move forward too. Okay. So what else you got on there? Uh, well then for our strengths. All right. Uh, I really wanted to talk about that. Um, as I've been here for this year and a half, almost two, the strength of the Keene police department to me is their ethics and their morals. And what we have right now in these 13 people working there, myself included is family people that they're not, chasing the extra dollar they're not out working a bunch of overtime and extra jobs they're not um treating people poorly what they are they want to come be helpful to the community and then go back home to their family and their loved ones and uh, i haven't always seen that in my career i, will I was say, about to say as a, as a police officer i've seen a lot of police officers so, pulling you know 80 hour work weeks i have as well and then uh, they come they come to a call exhausted stressed right. out from their entire stressed week and they out, can't function well and 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 maybe not up to the high moral behavior yeah. all the time because they are human they are yeah. human uh but this group we have right here i wouldn't trade a one of them for any oh. reason they we have a very solid core now why is this one different why and, is this so special I think that they're here for the right reason. We're mm. not the highest paying. We're not, uh, you know, driving all brand new police cars. We're not in a giant brand new building. We are just folks that are doing a job and, and helping each other there for each other. And they've bought in, I believe to the culture that we're trying to, um, really grow and enhance every day, which is, you know, the procedural justice, which is treating people with respect, yeah. having empathy for people. Um, we do that for each other in the building. We do that for folks outside the building uh, as well. Man, that's really cool. I, I I don't think people realize how important that one is. Cause I, if you don't have that, you can't build anything else. You're you building should, on, yeah. a, on a weak foundation at that point. Especially and when so, they show up to a call. And they, when, a, when a police officer can show up to a call like fully there, not worried or stressed about anything, 
Yeah. Well, not anything, but you know, you know what I'm saying. There's a vastly big difference between somebody who's worked an 80-hour work week and somebody who's worked their 36. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you can show up to a call fully comprehending everything that needs to happen. Yeah, and, and not not. Uh, I think one of the worst things you see officers do sometimes, and and you may think back on your own experiences if you've ever been a victim of anything, even just uh, someone broke in my car last night and didn't steal anything but rummaged through, and the officer gets out there and does a bunch of sighing and rolling their eyes like. Yeah. You know, looking yeah. at their watch, can I get out? How soon can I get out of here? That's that's the respect level. Yeah. And there's times uh, people get arrested and you treat them with respect and they may thank you later. I've had that happen before. And uh, so thanks for treating me like a person. You know, uh, I know yeah. I messed up or maybe they don't know they messed up, but you don't treat them poorly just because yeah. they're alleged to have committed some crime. Yeah. And so everyone gets that respect, the amount of respect that we were able to give them. Um, regardless of what their demographic is, st- their status is, or what they've allegedly done or not done. Um, the old, you got yourself into this mess speech is not something that ever resonates with anyone. <laughs> and and yeah. so you don't have a judgmental attitude yeah. towards folks. That's amazing. Yeah. So what I hear for, as a recap of what we just talked about, um, first you did a threats assessment. Uh, you did some strengths and weaknesses, risks and rewards or whatever opportunities. opportunities. Um, you're looking at looking at accreditation for 2022. That's what you really want to do. And then also you're looking at, uh, growth. Yes. And those are kind of main three things that are occurring for 22. Is that what I hear? That's, that's exactly right. So, and the biggest thing at the end is going to be what resources will we need to ask for, um, to be ahead of the growth. And make sure that we continue and and even improve the service that we're giving the community. And are we meeting the expectations that they have for that service? Um, you have to keep your finger on that pulse all the time. And and really, I think another strength for us is adaptability mm-hmm. and and kind of perseverance. Of there's negative views, really nationwide, of police work, and yeah. and we're out there doing our best every day to disprove uh, perceptions that may be negative because something happened in Minnesota. Is it going to happen in Keene? And I understand that concern. I I truly do. It's, it's uh, every news story is local now due to social media, internet, et cetera. And those concerns become local. You know, how is our department going to treat us? Because I saw this department in that state treat those folks poorly. You know, and so we want to make sure we're doing everything we can to uh, assure folks that we have respect for them and that we will do our job, which sometimes might mean we arrest your mama, but we're going to treat your mama with respect that she's going to jail. <laughs> yeah. And you might not like that your mama got arrested, but that she is going to be treated fairly and yeah. respectfully. And uh, to the extent that folks become sometimes in crisis, we're going to deescalate that the best that we can to be safe for us and them. And that I think folks sometimes don't believe that officers are concerned for the other person. They're only concerned for themselves, but the more we display that concern for other folks that hopefully helps uh, dispel yeah. some of that, that perception. Well, I'm excited for the city of Keene for 2022. There's uh, a lot of growth happening. I'm excited for you guys. It uh, seems like there's some strong leadership in Keene. So uh, I appreciate that. Uh, I feel the same way. I feel like the leadership in Keene is, is on top of this and that they are looking for smart growth. Yeah. And, and I think that's a big key. And, uh, we move forward, uh, together as a team, uh, citywide to, to 
be a great place to live and work and, and study. And I believe that that's what Keen is. And it's only going to get better. Only going to get better. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. Until next time. Until next time. Farewell, Mr. Hunt. Thank you. Bye.